Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And We've got a fun three hours for you as Saturday is going to be involving a whole lot of sports, including what I absolutely love, college basketball. So you're going to be getting a lot of previews here on the show, some involving some mainstream teams and some we're going to go a little bit more off the beaten path on to be able to try to under some money. Because as I always like to say, it doesn't matter what you're betting on, whether it be the Super Bowl, whether it be the World Series, whether it be a big college football, basketball, baseball, what have you game, or if it winds up being something out there in like the Southland, for instance, money is money, obviously, probably going to be able to get a little bit more money down when it comes to like a big ACC showdown rather than a Southland game, but with that said, the money is money, so we're going to be taking a look at so many games coming up. Also going to be taking a look at both NFL games that we've got as well. We're going to be hitting on the NFL a little bit more in the final hours of the show, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern. So that way, it is Saturday for everyone out there in the continental 48 states. Because right now, out there on the East Coast, it's Saturday. Right where I'm at, lovely Las Vegas, Nevada, it is Friday. So we're going to be doing that in the final hour. We're also going to be taking a little bit of a look as to everything that we want to see on Friday here in the first segment. But a lot of college basketball stuff, so... If you've got a game that you want me to be able to highlight, because I do hit on all these on the podcast as well. That's part of the VEASAN family of podcasts, Coast to Coast Hoops. I hit on all of them, but I go a little bit faster on that podcast just due to time constraints. So if there's a game that you want me to dive a little bit more on, you can either tweet at VEASAN or at GUnit underscore 81 because there's a lot of them. So I will do my best to be able to prioritize all those games that you guys want to hear about. But with that said, we did wind up seeing quite a bit of intrigue when it came to everything with regards to Friday. And the big thing was we wound up seeing quite a few good NBA games. You did wind up seeing the Brooklyn Nets after they wound up getting back Kyrie Irving, who's now a part-time player. They wind up getting a little bit of a tough loss against Milwaukee by kind of 121 to 109. And when it comes to this Milwaukee Bucks team, I feel like they wind up getting a little bit of short shrift because a lot of people, they like to poo-poo the fact that they wound up winning the title because you did have all those injuries that wound up going down with teams like the Nets and company, obviously out there in the West Coast as well. You wind up seeing a whole bunch of injuries, but this is still a very solid Milwaukee Bucks team, and I think it's going to be really interesting to be able to gauge this team moving forward. Now, for those of you guys who are looking to bet on the NBA, I think that it's really hard to be able to do this like anything more than the afternoon slash evening before the game, just because 
when it comes to what we're all seeing. We're seeing just a bunch of guys that are very, very random winding up getting minutes. I mean, Luke Cornett wound up getting in this game for the Milwaukee Bucks. I remember because I used to actually do some work over there with the flagship station of the Vanderbilt Car- of the Vanderbilt Commodores. I mean, Luke Cornett was a little bit of a marvel in that he was a guy that was so tall and was able to pop threes, but not a guy that, in my opinion, belongs out there on an NBA floor. Lang Sanity, Langston Galloway has come to the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks have officially kicked the tires on Rodney Hood as well. So, I mean, we have seen a lot of guys that have been getting some 10-day contracts. Travion Palmer, if you're wondering who that is, he was the leading scorer of, I'm not even kidding here, Chicago State is currently on an NBA roster. Oh, look at that. A pig is flying. Yep, that's exactly where we're at right now when it comes to some of these guys that are getting signed with regards to the NBA, but certainly is going to be intriguing to take a look at all this moving forward, a team that I've been dogging quite a bit in. Thus far, it's been working out pretty well. They've gotten on a little bit of a win streak. That'd be the LA Lakers. They do wind up taking down the Atlanta Hawks by a count of 134 to 118. And when it comes to this Lakers team, still lots old on them. I mean, it's nice that they've been able to win these last few games. And I do think that they've really got something in Malik Monk. Out of all the signings that they wanted making, I really liked one of them. That'd be Malik Monk, 7-12 from three-point range. He was able to light it up in this one. That was absolutely solid for the same LeBron James. He goes off for 30 points again. I think that he's now scored 30-plus points in nine out of the team's last 10 games. So he certainly has been able to do a great job when it comes to this L.A. Lakers team. But just with regards to the age and the age alone, I do think that it's going to be a challenge for this Lakers team to be able to bust through. I think that they're going to really need to utilize these younger guys like Austin Reeves, like Malik Monk, a little bit more moving forward. Horton Tucker is now back in the fold. He has been missing for quite a few games this season, so that is a very good relief to see. And when it comes to the NBA as well, we have noticed that there have been some teams that have really been money makers, and there have been some teams that have been very solid fades. I wound up mentioning the Lakers. Seems like things are starting to iron out a little bit, and when it just comes to professional organizations in general, it's really hard to find a team that is just an absolute cash cow or a team that is just absolutely just lighting your money on fire just because bookmakers, they are so good at being able to adjust. It's always the thing that I wind up saying, you're not betting teams, you're not betting numbers, but this team has been absolutely remarkable against the spread, the best team out there in the NBA. It is the Cleveland Cavaliers. They wound up being able to get the job done once again against the Portland Trailblazers on Friday by kind of 114 to 101. I just wonder how long this is going to be able to maintain for them because when it comes to the Cleveland Cavaliers, they are dealing with a lot of injuries. Now, the good news is Darius Garland is back. He looked very solid in this game. He was able to give the team 26 points. I know that you now have Ricky Rubio up for the season. That is due to a torn ACL, so you're going to be without him for the rest of the campaign. You've been dealing with Colin Sexton being out as well, but I do think that things are going to wind up catching up with them a little bit. It's gotten to the point where they are now bringing in Rajon Rondo to be able to give this team minutes, so I, mean, I think that that is going to be a very interesting blend to be able to take a look at it. I was talking about teams that are lighting your money on fire. Portland Trailblazers exhibit A because with Damian Lillard, it's just been really tough with him. He doesn't wind up playing in this game, so they were without McCollum and and CJ McCollum, or they were without CJ McCollum along with Damian Lillard. So, I mean, that just causes for this team to be completely rudderless in general. It's been a very underachieving Portland Trailblazers team, as we know. They're going through a little bit of a regime change with Chancey Billups taking over and 
It just hasn't been a good blend in general. So I do think that that is something that you want to be taking a look at as well when it comes to the NFL. Really not a lot with regards to the COVID-19 front. That's certainly something that I'm going to be monitoring a lot because, I mean, you just take a look at the way that things have changed with regards to the COVID-19 front when it comes to the NFL. It's been something where they have been really trying to adapt to the rules, trying to get guys back as quickly as possible. So I always want to be taking a look at just anything in general that winds up popping about because yeah, just when you take a look at the NFL, it's a ever-changing landscape with the way that some of these guys are able to come back. And when it comes to college basketball in general, which we're really going to be starting to dive into hard and heavy starting in the next segment, it has been really intriguing to take a look at things this season with regards to just everything with the landscape in general, just because when it comes to college basketball, typically you'd expect home underdogs to be able to do really, really well. And we wound up seeing a little bit of a run on home underdogs the last, I would say, two or three weeks. You did not wind up seeing them necessarily be able to come through, especially in the Big East on Friday as both of the Big East games did feature home underdogs. The Marquette versus Georgetown game and Georgetown just got waxed. I mean, boy. It has really been tough times for them. And Butler, my New York Post play of the day, didn't do a whole heck of a lot better as Xavier just wound up shooting the lights out. They wind up putting up 87 points. They look very solid there. And if you're taking a look at college basketball right now, home underdogs overall for the season. So this is from night number one until now, 268, 271, and 12. So they are a little bit under 50% against the spread. And overs are actually taking a lead on unders. 1,089 overs to 1,060 unders. You don't see this very often in darn near any sport. And that's because over the last 30 days, ever since we've been seeing more cancellations, we've really been seeing a lot of these games really being halted and affected by COVID-19 because even if they do wind up going on, you wind up having more and more guys being out of the fold. What has really been lacking has actually been the defense. As right now, over the last 30 days, 390 overs to 352 unders. You've seen a couple pushes along the way as well, but certainly you're seeing right around 52.5% of games go over with regards to college basketball, very much the opposite of what you would typically expect with regards to this. And in that time span, home underdogs hitting at more like a 48.5% clip. If you're looking at underdogs in general, 48.7%. So the last three days certainly have not been the fan of underdogs in general. And you just take a look at the last seven days alone. Underdogs, they've made a little bit of a better run, but the home underdogs, 29, 37, and two. And I think personally being someone that has had a lot of success taking home underdogs, that this is terrific. Because I was just mentioning it a little bit earlier with regards to some of these teams that they are a little bit more fade-worthy slash they have been teams that you've wanted to back. Now, things wind up reverting back to the pack a little bit more. I think that these ugly home underdogs are going to have a whole heck of a lot of value on them moving forward. And you do wind up seeing it on Friday a little bit because I did mention the two big East games you wind up seeing both home underdogs not being able to come through. But with that said, you did wind up seeing out there in... Excuse me. Others conferences like out there in the Ryzen League, you did wind up seeing a team like a Robert Morris being able to get the cover against Cleveland State. They wound up going from a seven-point underdog up to eight and a half after their leading scorer in Rasheem Dunn wound up being suspended or not suspended. He wound up just leaving the team in general. They wind up being able to get the cover, seventy-eight to seventy-seven. Cleveland State was able to get the outright win, but certainly 
and spirited effort in that one. If you're taking a look at another team that was a home underdog that was trying to be able to get there, they just weren't able to do so. You have to go down a little bit more to the extra game board. That would be Holy Cross. They were able to get an outright win over Lafayette by kind of 79 to 74. A Lafayette team that actually wound up knocking off Rutgers earlier in the season. So I thought that that was a little bit intriguing. And you just take a look at the Patriot League in general. It is very much one of the more interesting conferences that we're seeing in college basketball. Colgate looked like they were going to be the class of it. They have certainly fallen a little bit back to the pack. Navy as about an 11.5 to a 12-point favorite. They were able to get the job done against the bracket bus and Bucknell Bison. So we've got a lot going on with regards to college basketball. You've also got a Southland tournament that's going down as well. I wish I had more conferences. Did wind up doing this. It's not going to count on their conference ledger, but you just wind up having an eight-team tournament. You try to find out who's the best during the preseason, then you're going to be able to see how these teams wind up doing in the conference tournament. But we've got to see what we've all got on the college basketball betting board for Saturday. Coming up next, we're going to start diving into it hard and heavy right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my dance, <laughs> Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is brought to you by Zindic Theme Pouches. It is a fresh way to be able to enjoy nicotine without the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no more batteries to charge. 
or leaky equipment to deal with. Sim nicotine pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and they're available in 10 varieties, like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, that way you can easily find the satisfaction level that is perfect for you. Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch and is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning that it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So, go to zinn.com find to be able to locate a store that is nearest you. That is zyn.com find. And warning, this is a product that contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Peterson. Let's not mess around anymore. Time to get into the college basketball betting board for this Saturday. We're going to be going through it. Don't worry. For those of you guys who are NFL fans, final hour, we're going to be hitting on the two NFL games that are coming up as well. But we're going to try to give you guys as many picks, as much analysis as humanly possible. Once again, if there's a game that you want me to highlight, I'm going to be hitting on all these for one. When it comes to the Coast to Coast Hoops podcast, which ironically enough, is going to drop while I'm going to be on this show as well. So I'm going to be in two places at one time. But with that said, with this show, able to go into a little bit more depth. Some of you guys have already tweeted some of these in at GNRS41 at VEASAN Life. If you're, there's a game that you want me to highlight a little bit more, but we're going to start out there in the SEC. Got a lot of requests for the SEC, 739, 740. is the first game that we're going to be hitting. Tennessee, LSU. LSU opens up a three-point favorite. Now you're finding it anywhere between one and a half and two and a half, depending on where you're taking a look at. So this is one that's moving around quite a bit. Total on this game is 133 and a half. I think that this is really intriguing because you've got an LSU team that legitimately is number one in all of college basketball when it comes to points allowed on a per possession basis. With that said, I do side with the over in this game. I want to take setting this total at 142 and a half, even though in terms of points on a per possession basis, LSU is number one. This is also an LSU team that you take a look at some of the competition that they played and Obviously, it's gotten much better now that they're playing against teams like Kentucky. They wound up having to go up against Auburn, what have you. This is still a team in which they wound up playing against some, shall we say, lacking competition towards the beginning part of the season. Now, the Wake Forest win is obviously so, but you wind up having in their teams like Louisiana, Monroe, and company. So I do think that that specific number is built on sand a little bit. I think that LSU is still, no doubt, a top defense. I think that they're a top 20 defense. I just don't know if they're necessarily number one. Tennessee is also one of your better defenses in all of college basketball, but you take a look at the way that the, both of these teams play. Both of these teams are relatively up-tempo. LSU, 49th of the country when it comes to possessions on a per-game basis. Meanwhile, you take a look at Tennessee and... Tennessee is right around 100th. So, I mean, these are two teams that they're looking to gun it a little bit more. And I do expect a little bit of a better effort here from Kennedy Chandler after he wound up missing that Alabama game due to COVID-19 protocols. He winds up coming back against Ole Miss and just Tennessee couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. I don't know what it is with this Tennessee team, but it feels like it's always been this way under Rick Barnes. They are an all-or-nothing offense. You remember that game that they wound up playing against Texas Tech and they went 6-40 of 40 from three-point range at Madison Square Garden? I think that they wanted following that up with one of their best performances of the year. So that is something that you do want to take a look at. But when it comes to LSU, I think that they've got the cheat code in Tari Eason. 15 and a half points, seven and a half rebounds per game. A guy that doesn't necessarily do the world's greatest job of be able to stretch the floor, but at the same time, got a little bit of versatility along with Efton Reed, a seven footer that I think is going to be able to do a good job down low against the likes of John Fulkerson. Now you take a look at the Tennessee team and Josiah Jordan James really is a little bit of a glue guy. Gives you six points, four rebounds, few assists, a block, a steal. You need him to sell hot dogs at the hot dog stand. He's going to be more than willing to do that. I really do like his overall game, but LSU, very deep team. Xavier Pinson is able to do a great job of being able to force some steals, more than two per contest, gives out four and a half 
assists per game as well. I do think that Gaines as well is going to be able to have a big game for the team. Even someone like an Adam Fudge has been able to do a nice job for LSU. LSU has very good depth. This is an LSU bunch I wound up setting as more around a four and a half point favorite. So I'm willing to lay it here when it comes to LSU. I do think that the tempo is just going to be too great for this total to be able to go under with. Now LSU, one of the best under teams at all of college basketball. I like it over here just because I do think that this is a game that involves late game fouling as well. LSU, they shoot right around 74% the free line. Tennessee is a little bit less than that, but both of these teams north of 70%. So I do think that you're going to be seeing enough points on the board to be able to get this total over, and I'm going to be siding with LSU. I wound up saying them personally on my line at 4.5, so I like that this is coming down because I like it even more. How about if we stay out there in the SEC? 6.15, 6.16, so we're going up to the top of the board. This is a 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern time game, so we've got a slobber knocker between South Carolina and Vanderbilt. Commodores opened up a six-point favorite. At DraftKings, I'm seeing a five. I'm seeing mostly five and a half. Ironically enough, Miami at Circa, they've got the best number if you're looking for South Carolina at six. Total on this game, it's held relatively steady. Opened up at 136.5. It's out up between 137.5 and a half in a lot of spots, seeing a straight 138 at DraftKings as well. And I do agree with this move. I wound up saying this at 145.5. A question I always get asked is, with regards to these games, that they wind up starting at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, sometimes a little bit earlier, sometimes a little bit later. Do I wind up shading down my numbers? Because it is really early. Answer is absolutely because we are talking about college kids here. Now, typically you would say 18 to 22 year olds with the COVID year. It's you got a couple 23, 24 year olds out there too, but I don't know about you, but I'm someone that I attended the great university of the university of Wisconsin, Oshkosh. When it came to games that were this early, guess what? I was very, very tired. I was begging for like my roommate to not wake me up or anything like that because I wanted to sleep in until noon. Now these are, Guys that are on scholarship, these are guys that are actual athletes. These are not bums that wind up talking into a microphone like myself. So that does need to be factored in there as well. But when you're talking about guys that are that age, typically it's a little bit harder for them to be able to get up. So I do wind up factoring that in. I do wind up shading the totals down a little bit more as a result. With that said, I set the total at 145.5. You've got a South Carolina team that they are looking to gun it. And with Vanderbilt, they're more around 230th in the country with regards to possessions per game. But this is a Vanderbilt team that's relatively efficient. You've got a guy in Scotty Pippen Jr. that last year was in the top three in all of college basketball with regards to free throw attempts per game. So he's a guy that does a great job of being able to get to the line. And then you take a look at South Carolina, 30th in the country with regards to possessions per game. And with South Carolina, I just don't think that they're going to be able to hold up in this game because you've got a South Carolina bunch that they shoot right around 32, 33% from three-point range. Nothing great, nothing terrible, but but Neil with quite a few ailments out there in the backcourt. Really, Eric Stevenson has been the lifeblood of this team and the constant, a guy that's able to give you double figures. Jermaine Cousinard has been out for a couple of games for this team, and even when he's been out there, he averages right around three and a half turnovers to two assists per game. The efficiency with South Carolina is very, very bad, and a little bit of the X factor here for Vanderbilt, Ronnie Chapman. He winds up coming back after he wound up missing the first 10 or so games of the season. Transfer from Dayton was expected to be a starter for the team and has been able to give this team a little bit of help. Liam Robbins has been out all season long for this Vanderbilt team. Looks like he's probably going to be out once again. I'd be surprised if he does wind up playing. And if he does, it's going to be on a very limited basis. But when it comes to Vanderbilt, just having Scotty Pippen out there is big. But Miles Tute has been able to do a nice job. Shoots over 40% from three-point range. He's able to give you five rebounds per game. When it comes to Keyshawn Bryant, he's been able to do a relatively solid job on the glass as well for South Carolina. But South Carolina does not necessarily do a great job, but be able to take care of the ball when it comes to what this Vanderbilt team has been able to do ever since Chapman has got 
gotten out there. They've been much better on defense. You notice that in their Diamond Eye Classic games that they wound up playing out there in Hawaii before they wound up having a title game. Unfortunately, they wind up getting next due to COVID-19. But I do think that Vanderbilt going to be able to control this game. With Vanderbilt, I'm willing to lay more around a 7.5 in this spot with this team. I do think that they should be able to really control this one. Also, wound up saying this little more around a 145.5 because I do think that South Carolina is going to be able to get their tempo. I do think that they're going to be looking to speed this game up a little bit. I just don't think it's necessarily going to be able to work out for them. So this is a game which I'm going to be taking a look at and over, and I'm taking a look at Vanderbilt, willing to lay up to 7.5 with them. Also wound up getting a little bit of a request out there for the Pac-12. I don't mind jumping around. How about if we go 775, 776 here on the betting board? You've got Cal, and they're going to be playing us to UCLA. UCLA opened up right around an 8.5 point favorite in a lot of spots. Right now, we're seeing this with a little bit of a range between an 8 and a 9. So you are seeing some fluctuating numbers on this one. DraftKings, I'm seeing right in the middle at an 8.5, and, and your total on this game are between 135 and 135.5. And, and when it comes to Cal, they wound up taking it on the chin a little bit against USC. USC just could not wind up missing a few nights ago. But I do think that this is a Cal team that is going to be able to hang in there. I don't advise a money line play here, but I wound up saying this line seven. With UCLA, they wound up playing their first game in darn near three and a half weeks when they wound up taking on Long Beach State a couple days ago. And that's a Long Beach State team that they had already seen. You could tell that both teams, they were just looking to get in a little bit of action. It was just fun loving sort of game because well there was no defense played in that one whatsoever so i do think that that plays a little bit of a factor here meanwhile you've got a cal team that you've got andre 3000 kelly who's been able to give you 14 points a little bit over eight rebounds per game by the way you'll notice that every person with the first or last name andre gets called andre 3000 by me because he is absolutely awesome but you take a look at what you're able to get with this cal team team that shoots about 34 35 percent from three-point range but i do think that grant anti-savage is really going to be able to keep Cal in the game. He's a guy that stands right around six foot nine. She's over 90% the free throw line, above 35% from three-point range, so I do like his overall game. And then when it comes to UCLA, big that Cody Riley is back in the fold. He wanted making his first appearance against Long Beach State since the opener for the season. We're going to dive into that a little bit more, and we're just going to be going through everything that we've got on the college basketball betting board. There's a game that you want me to highlight at GNRS41 at VEASAN Live on Twitter. As this is the Greg Peterson experience. Talking more college basketball next right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you miss any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen to them on your schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gail Alexander, Bucket Insights with Josh Applebaum, plus Hardwood Handicappers, The Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, or Coast to Coast Hoops with Greg Hoops, Peterson, and many more. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or every year podcast as it is the Greg Peterson experience right here on vcin, the sports betting network. And I'll mention it. The fact that I've got every single one of these games break d- broken down on the Coast to Coast Hoops podcast. I wound up just scheduling it to upload about an hour or so ago. It's going to be three hours and 37 minutes. So it is a whopper because we've got about 110 games. So I had to go through these a little bit faster. So if there's a game that you want a little bit more insight on, a game that you're just unsure what the heck is going on with it, at GNRS41, at Live, I'm going to try to hit as many of these as humanly possible on the 
show here tonight. Also, keep in mind, final hour, we're going to be diving into the NFL. Got a pair of NFL games that are going to be going down on this Saturday. So we're going to be giving you guys picks and analysis on both the side and the total. So we've got you all covered there. But we're going to be continuing on taking a look at what we've got on this college basketball betting board for this Saturday. Really no bells and whistles on this show. We're just letting her rip, trying to give you guys as many, many picks as possible, trying to make you guys some money on this Saturday. UCLA and Cal is where we wound up leaving off, and I wound up setting my line on this one at 7. Right now I'm seeing the line anywhere between 8 and 9, and when it comes to the total, what I think is going to be really intriguing is that you wound up seeing UCLA go off for triple digits in their last game against Long Beach State, and you saw Cal wind up really giving it up against USC, but this is a Cal team that does wind up playing at one of the slower temples in all of college basketball. I do think that you're going to be able to see Cal be able to rein it in a little bit more with their defense because you take a look at this bunch. Out of 358 D1 teams, they do rank 304th. And that game against USC, it's not like it was up-tempo. It was just UCLA was just, or it was just that USC was just burying shot after shot. And you, or, and Cal was able to do a relatively solid job as well. Now, what I think is a little bit of a X factor here for UCLA, the fact that we have seen Tiger Campbell really be able to go off. And he has always been a relatively efficient point guard, a guy that's going to give you five assists, guy that really doesn't turn the ball over a lot, but now he's shooting like 48% from three-point range. He has been absolutely tremendous for the team. Obviously, you've got Jenny Juzang and company, but I do think that Cal is going to be able to do a nice job of be able to rein things in. I do think that the key for Cal being able to stay in this game is make this game really slow, really sloppy, and I think that they're going to have actually success with it. I want to saying this little at 129 and a half. And as we remember last year, when UCLA wanted to make him that run to the final four, they were efficient on offense, but they were a little bit slower. I wouldn't be surprised if they really do oblige with the style and they wind up allowing Cal to make this like a 60, 62 possession style game. So I'm going to be taking a look at the under and with Cal set them as a seven point underdog. So I am going to be taking a look at the points in this spot as well. We wound up getting a request for how about New Mexico versus Utah State? I think that this is a really intriguing one. If you're looking on the rotation, this is 779, 780. Utah State, a six-point favorite across the board. Your total on this game is 153. Seeing a straight 153 and a half out there as well. And when it comes to New Mexico, you've got a lot going on with this team, both with regards to on the court and off the court. Jethro Muskaden, hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Gentleman that wound up coming in from Kansas was averaging right around nine points, five rebounds. Solid big man for the team. Was in a very fatal car accident about two weeks ago. He is no question not going to be in the fold. And obviously you wish him and his family, everyone involved, nothing but the best. But that does leave New Mexico a little bit short-handed down low. And guess who they have to face off against? Justin Bean and Brandon Horvath, a pair of guys that stand between six foot eight and six foot ten and are combining to shoot about fifty percent from three point range. Justin Bean is a guy that when it comes to the poll that I wanted putting out with like Jeff Goodman and company, I wound up doing my top ten players that I think should be in the player of the year hunt. I put Justin Bean at number 10. I mean, he has been that impactful for this Utah State team. 19 points, 10 rebounds. He's able to give you a couple blocks per game. He does an absolutely magnificent job for the team. I think that New Mexico is going to be able to hang in there, though. When it comes to this New Mexico team, I absolutely love the backcourt of this team, and they have turned over a new leaf. I talk about tempo on this show quite a bit with regards to some of these teams. They, last year, were playing at one of these slower paces in all of college basketball. All of a sudden, this team is now in the top 25 with regards to pace of play because you wound up having Richard Pitino come over from Minnesota, and he brought with him Jamal Mashburn Jr., who's been able to give the team 18.5 points per game. 
not necessarily a New Mexico team that is absolutely lighting it up from three-point range, but at the same time, they're not too bad. They shoot right around 33% from distance, but I do like what Jalen Ellis is able to bring you as well. Good on-ball defender that gives you a little bit over two blocks per game, four and a half assists, 16 and a half points per game. You've got a New Mexico team that also buries their free throws. Each other top four scores should at least 76.9% from the free throw line. Now, when it comes to Utah State out there in the backcourt, you got Brock and Roll Miller, who's been able to give you right around nine points per game. He's a solid three-point shooter for this team. Ryland Jones has been able to do a good job of being able to dish out the ball since he won transferring in from Utah. But I do think that New Mexico is going to be able to hold in this game. The pit is one of the more underrated home court advantages that we've seen in college basketball. And when it comes to this Utah State team, their results when they've been away from the state of Utah have been a little bit mixed because they did wind up having a nice win against Richmond earlier this season. But at the same time, we wound up seeing them go to Air Force as a double-digit favorite. They wound up losing that game outright. I think that New Mexico is going to be able to push Utah State a little bit out of their game because I think that they're really going to be pumping up the tempo. This is a total that I wound up saying a little bit more around a 160 as a result. So going to be taking a look at it over. And when it comes to this Utah State team, I did wind up saying them as a favorite of more around five and a half points. So taking a look at the six, I'm willing to take the points here with Utah, with New Mexico. And I'm going to be taking a look at it over as well. How about if we go to the top of the betting board? We're going to be taking a couple more requests when it comes to the next segment. So if you've got anything that you want me to hit on at GNRSquarty1, but how about if we hit on some of these early games? Because these are the ones in which you're going to need to fire in on the earliest. We've got quite a few games for 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on this Saturday. We're going to go straight to the top of the board. 601, 602, Purdue is going to be hitting the road to face off against Penn State. The Nittany Lions find themselves as a home underdog of 9 and seeing out there at DraftKings now a nine and a half as well. Total on this game is anywhere between 138 and 138 and a half. I can tell you right now, I wish I was on the East Coast because I absolutely love this nine and a half that you're getting with Penn State. When it comes to Penn State, this has been a bunch that has really been able to do a good job of being able to find a little bit of something with their backcourt. And the guy that's been able to pick it up, that'd be the former Metro Atlantic player of the year in Jalen Pickett. Pickett has been able to do a tremendous job recently for the team. Wound up getting off to a little bit of a rocky start to the season, but now he's been able to average right in the neighborhood about 12 and a half points per game. He's able to give out 4.2 assists, did 2.1 turnovers per game. And you've got a Purdue team that wound up getting off to that blistering start to begin the season. You wind up seeing them play, being a blowout teams like Indiana State Company. I wonder how much of that was built on sand because if you take a look at the last, I'll call it 35 days, Purdue has been an above average team. They've been in regards to a lot of these efficiency ratings, more like a top 25 team rather than a top five team though. So I do think that this is a Purdue team that they wound up getting a little bit overhyped coming into the year. Not as bad as Michigan because I mean, we were talking about Michigan and Purdue being one and two out there in the big 10. Purdue certainly still looks like that number one team. Michigan, they might be lucky to make the NCAA tournament at this point, And you think that I'm kidding, but there's a chance in which they wind up starting out the year like seven and eight, seven and nine, which that is absolutely blasphemous to say, but you do take a look at what you've been able to get out of Mr. Pickett, and he's been able to do a really good job recently of being able to turn it on for the team. You wound up having a trio of single-digit performances for the team to be able to begin the season, but you take a look at what he's been able to do really ever since they wound up taking on Cornell. That would be on November 22nd, and he has been nothing short of phenomenal for the team. A guy that's been able to average in this time span 14.7 points, shooting 36% from three-point range with 4.2 assists per game. So he has certainly been able to get it done. John Arara, I think, is going to be able to hold his own down low. Now, with Zach Evie along with Trayvon Williams, these guys are able to give you a combined 16 rebounds per game. But Harar, he gives you 10.5 boards per game. Seth Lundy is a guy with versatility. 
nearly 15 points, six rebounds per game. You take a look at Penn State. They were coming off of a pause of about three weeks when they wound up facing off against Indiana, and they were able to get the outright win there. Once again, another underrated home court. And with Purdue, what you notice with them, it isn't just this year, but it's just with Purdue's history in general under Matt Painter, they're always really good at home. When they hit the road, this is a team that is suspect at best. So I do think that this is a really good spot for Penn State. I'm not going to be able to advise a money line pick here. I wound up saying this line more on seven, but if you're getting nine and a half, I think that you're getting good value. And once again, very early tip time. You got a Purdue team that they don't necessarily play at lightning speed. Penn State, under the new coaching regime of this team, Mike Shrewsbury and company, they're playing at a bottom 35 tempo as well. So I want them saying this little at 135. I'm going to be taking a look at an under, and I'm going to be taking a look at catching nine to nine and a half here with Penn State as I set my line at Purdue minus seven personally. How about if we go to the next game on the board? 603, 604, you've got yourself St. John's. St. John's is hitting the road face off against Providence. Providence, anywhere between a four and five point favorite in your Toronto's game, you're catching it anywhere between 146 and 146 and a half. This is a really interesting St. John's team in that you've got two star players in Julian Champetti and Pasha Alexander. We've seen this line move a little bit, but I'm still in on St. John's. I wound up saying this line at three and a half, so at four or more, which is what we're seeing right now pretty much at every book. I do like St. John's. I do think that Julian Champetti, a guy that's able to shoot 44% from three, 20 points per game, is going to be very big for this team. But there's a couple of under-the-radar pieces for St. John's as well. Providence, a team with the most quad one wins of any team in college basketball. Going to be letting you guys know why I'm not going to be taking a look at them for this college basketball Saturday. I'm going to be continuing to take a look at everything that we've got on this college basketball Saturday next. Right here on the Great Peterson Experience on VSEN, the Sports Bank Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, dance bro. <laughs> <laughs> Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer for this to be your best betting year ever. Our all new Big Game Big Dance special provides VSIN plus all access to everything that we do now through April 5th for just 69 bucks. Sign up and you'll be able to get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game, and College Hoops betting guides. I think I'll be contributing a little bit more to the latter, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split, breakdowns on every single game. It's one of our most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of the best deals of the year. Visit VEASAN.com slash big deal to be able to sign up today. As We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Peterson, continuing to take a look at what we've got on the college basketball betting board for this Saturday. We're going to be starting out with the game that I was touching upon a little bit before we wound up hitting a break in this Providence versus St. John's game. Then we're going to go to the world of the weird as we wound up getting a nice little request from one of our good friends, Brad, who's listening out there. So we're going to be hitting on that. But with this Providence versus St. John's game, set the line at three and a half because I do think that Providence is going to be able to hold, or I think that St. John's is going to be able to hold in there because the big thing with St. John's is that they do a good job of being able to force turnovers. This is one of the best teams with regards to steals force on a per-possession basis with Pasha Alexander, Julian Champagny forcing right around four and a half as a pair. I do think that Joel Soriano is going to be able to do a little bit better than expected with the bigs of this Providence team as well. Noah Horschler is able to give you right around 45 five-ish percent three-point shooting. He's able to give you nine points, six rebounds per game. And then Nate Watson has been very good for the team as well. 14 points, right around five and a half rebounds per game. But I do think that when it comes to Providence, they might have been a little bit fortunate with some of the quad one wins that they wound up getting. Because keep in mind, when they went on the road against Wisconsin, they were without Johnny Davis, which that is like trying to be a human being without air. So, I mean... Right now, Johnny Davis is Wisconsin basketball, so you wind up having that pop up a little bit, but I do think that this is a spot in which Providence wins the game outright. I could see St. John's really being able to do a good job of being able to hold in this game, but when it comes to Providence, what I think is really intriguing about this team, they've been relatively effective on offense, but they actually play at a really slow tempo. When it comes to possessions per game, this is a Providence team that they love to be able to slow down, 306th in the country. And when it comes to St. John's, this is a team that they're really looking to pump it up. St. John's, they're number three in the country. So you've got a battle of tempos. I think you get something right in the middle. I wound up setting this total more in the mid-140s. As a matter of fact, I wound up setting it at a 143. So here at like the 145, 146 that we're seeing, I'm going to be taking a look at the under just because it is once again a very early game. 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, got to feel like. Teams are going to be coming out a little bit more sluggishly. I always say that it's a tad bit easier to slow down a fast team than it is to speed up a slow team. I do think that it's going to be a little bit sloppy with regards to the ball handling on both sides. You've got a Providence backcourt that I think it's solid. It's not great, but it's solid. Jeremiah has been able to give you nine plus points in each of the team's last four games. And then when it comes to St. John's, I do think that they wind up losing the battle a little bit down low, which is why I wanted settling in on what we've got right now. Made my total 143. Take a look at the under. And when it comes to... Providence made them a three and a half point favorite, so we'll only take four or more when it comes to St. John's. Now, how about if we go to the whack? As we've got 787, 788. It is Stone Cold Stephen F. Austin. 
hitting the road to be able to face off against Tarleton State. With Tarleton State, they wound up opening up right around a pick'em in this game. You were seeing some spots that opened this a one-point favorite, some spots that opened this what right around a one-point underdog, and right now we're seeing the spattering of that as well. With Stephen F. Austin finding them between a pick'em to a one-point favorite, during this game, you're getting it at a 126.5, and I think that this is really intriguing because you've got a pair of teams that they really pride themselves on being able to get steals. You've got a pair of teams that they are polar opposites with regards to their pace. Stephen F. Austin. 52nd in the country. This is a team that they're looking to really create some havoc. With Tarleton State, this is a team that they are looking to slow things down. Out of 358 D1 teams, 340th because they've been playing faster with having a few guys out due to COVID-19 protocols. Now, those guys are now back in the fold. Taj Small has come up big for the Tarleton State team. Right around 15.5 points per game. Does a good job being able to pull in there. Six-plus rebounds per game. Shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range. But this is a Tarleton State team that they don't necessarily do a great job of being able to shoot from distance. They're really looking to try to get the ball in the side end. With Stephen F. Austin, this is not a team that is necessarily looking to shoot a bunch of threes because they rank out of 358 D1 teams. 333rd with regards to three-point attempts, but they actually hit them. They actually shoot right around 38% from three-point range, as if you take a look at it, the top four scorers that have made at least one three-pointer for Stephen F. Austin all shoot at least 40% from three-point range. Now, the thing with Stephen F. Austin is Roddy Ware has missed a few of the last few games for this team, but despite that, I did wind up saying Stephen F. Austin as a three-point favorite, and the reason why is because of Rachel Jossel, who winds coming in from Kansas, he's been able to show a little bit more for this team being able to give the team right around 8.5 points per game. Now, when it comes to Stephen F. Austin, this is a team that they both rip away takeaways and they turn the ball over themselves. Stephen F. Austin committing right around 17.3 turnovers per game. They get right around 18.5 turnovers per game as well. They they get right around 10 steals per game. So it's a team in which they take the ball away and they wind up giving it away. With Tarleton State, they do a little bit of a better job of being able to take care of the ball, but their three-point shooting, not necessarily as good. They shoot right around 30.5% from three-point range. This is a team that they get right around 16.5 takeaways per game. If you take a look at a turnovers on a per-possession basis, Tarleton State, just a little bit better. But this is also a Tarleton State team that they just get completely bludgeoned on the glass, really, other than small. You don't have too many other guys that are able to do a good job down low. Freddie Hicks has been able to give you right around five and a half rebounds at 10 points per game. Really was able to step up when you wound up seeing a couple guys out due to COVID-19 protocols. But I do take a look at someone like David Kekelreis, who's been able to shoot above 40% from three-part range, ships in their double figures for Steven F. Austin. I think that he's really going to be the X factor for this team. So I'm taking a look at Steven F. Austin in this spot, hoping to be able to get maybe like a minus one of five on the money line, something like that. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be possible. You did wind up seeing Steven Fawcett open up the one point favorite. They've gone down to pick them in a few spots. So willing to lay the one slash one and a half. If that's all that's available, willing to take them as a pick them as well, because I wound up setting my line at three. And when it comes to the spot, made the total 127. Tarleton State has been great at being able to slow teams down, but if you do wind up seeing a tight game, like the bookmakers are expecting, I do think that free throw shooting is going to be coming into play. You've got a pair of teams that I'm not going to call them absolutely terrible at the free throw line. They are certainly far from great at the free throw line. Tarleton State, they're shooting right in the neighborhood of about 74.5% of the free throw line, so they've been relatively solid, but I do think that in the end, Stephen F. Austin, they just have a little bit more experience on their roster, and they're going to be able to get the job done as a result. When you take a look at things for this college basketball Saturday, it certainly is going to be getting started very, very early as well. When it comes to some of these games that are in that 9 o'clock a.m. Pacific noon Eastern window, one that really jumps out to me that I think is going to be intriguing is this Dayton versus George Washington game because George Washington hasn't played in 
right around three and a half to four weeks against a D1 opponent. This is 609, 610 on the betting board with Dayton. They open up a seven and a half point favorite. Now finding them anywhere between seven and a half and eight. And your total on this game is 129 and a half to 130 and a half. Typically, these are the types of numbers I don't typically like to lay on the road, but I want to saying Dayton as a nine-point favorite. When it comes to this George Washington team, they just have absolutely no depth whatsoever. Now they're coming off of just having not played in quite a while now. Ricky Lindo Jr. is actually really good for the George Washington team. He is a transfer that winds up coming in from Maryland. He's been able to chip in their nine points, eight rebounds. He shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range. But when it comes to this George Washington team, they were, I guess you could call it before, a four-man team. Now they're about a four-and-a-half-man team. As you take a look at Brayon Freeman has been able to do a solid job stepping up with seven-and-a-half points per game. You've got Brendan Adams shipping in there 11. And then Joseph Bezmiel along James Bishop. They combined for about 29 points out there in the backcourt. But, I mean, really, other than Lindo and Joel Freeman, you don't have really anyone else that's able to shoot from three-point range. It has been really, really tough. And aside from Freeman, Lindo, Adams, Besmiel, and Bishop, you don't have a single guy that's averaging more than four and a half points per game. So that is going to be a little bit of a brutal spot. And then you take a look at the Satan team, and this is one of the more intriguing case studies in all of college basketball because this is a team that lost on their home floor to UMass Lowell, and they wound up losing to Lipscomb and Austin P as well. But at the same time, they've got a very good neutral court win over Kansas. They wound up winning that multi-team event out there in Orlando, taking down Belmont in that final game. So, I mean, it has been really intriguing to take a look at them. But I do think that the pieces are going to be able to mesh for the team. You've got Tumani Kamara along with Deron Holmes and Malachi Smith. All these guys average between 10 and 11 points per game with Kamara. Right around six and a half rebounds per game. So he does a solid job there. What I think is going to be intriguing is Deron Holmes and the way that he's able to clog up the paint. Right around two and a half blocks per game. He comes in as a top 75 freshman. You typically don't see that at Dayton. And he's really been able to find a little bit of a niche. Now you need someone like a Mustafa Amzil. Who as a freshman last year was able to chip in there 10 points per game. Was a solid three point shooter. He needs to step up. He actually wound up hitting that insane game winner against Kansas. But he certainly has been lost in the wilderness a little bit for this team. But I do take a look at Elijah Weaver. The fact that he's been able to cut down on the turnovers. I think that that's going to be very big for Dayton. This is a Dayton team that with regards to turnovers on a per possession basis. Been one of the lesser teams out there in college basketball. But what this team does a good job of. They wind up doing a good job of being able to hit the glass. One of the best teams with regards to rebound rate in all of college basketball. George Washington. They have been losing that battle. I think that it's going to be a little bit tough for them. And when it comes to the total. I do think that it's a little bit of an intriguing spot as well. I personally wound up setting my total more around a 129. So I do lean a little bit more to the under. I do think that George Washington not going to be playing necessarily fast with the lack of depth and having coming off of this COVID-19 protocol. So I'm going to be taking a look at Dayton and the under. And that is our number one of the Greg Peterson experience coming up next. Going hard and heavy on the college basketball betting board right here on VSIN Esports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free at 